Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Shonen Jump Saturday shows on the Fanboy Comics Podcast. Now, of course, I'm your host, Clay, and this is part two of the first week that we were going to be talking about Shonen Jump stuff. I had a lot, and I didn't want to just cram it all into one giant hour and a half show. I think you guys probably would have made it probably to the midway point and been like, yeah, this is already too much. So, we are going to jump into uh, My Hero Academia Vigilante. We're going to run it into Rurouni Kinchin, as well as the new Kaiju number 8. Now, I'm having a lot of fun with this show. or with Well, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with the Shonen Jump shows, uh, Shonen Jump Saturday show. But I'm having a lot of fun reading Kaiju number 8 that's a little newer. Um, it dropped like the first five chapters all at once, and then the new chapter came along uh, sometime in the last week. But, yeah, I think it'll continue to be on our show. And if you noticed last uh, last episode, I did ten chapters of My Hero Academia. I'm like right there. I'm 30 chapters away. So, from now on, we're going to be doing ten chapters on every show. I know people are like, oh my god, he talks about that so much. I understand. I completely understand. But, it is to catch up. I think the next one to do that will be uh, My Hero Academia Vigilante. What I will do is instead of just doing a outrageous amount of uh, chapters, I will see when the, like, because I, I don't know necessarily. Let me actually look at it right here. It goes all the way until volume 7, which is chapter 53. And then they are currently on chapter 83. So I will do volumes from now on, uh, which is about 10 chapters or so. Um, maybe a little bit less. And then we will continue to uh, kind of, you know, uh, see how it is. Now, it looks right here, My Hero Academia Vigilante. Uh, we are going to be talking about chapter 22 through 27. Uh, so I can talk all the way through chapter 26. And from 27 to 35 is a uh, volume, another volume, and another volume. And then we will catch up. So that's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to catch up by volume there. And if I want to add any more uh, books into the Shonen Jump uh, show... I think what I will do is I will read uh, some of these books, you know, in my free time and then probably do a spotlight on volumes. Maybe I can do that and just have it its own show and be like, hey, we're prepping to, you know, finally put this onto the show. Maybe that's what we'll do. But let's go ahead and jump right into this, of course. Thank you so, 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 so much for keeping with it and listening to this show. I know that I change things up all the time. You're probably super annoyed with me. But I am uh, very undecisive when it comes to my life. It's 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 a huge problem. Seriously. But uh, yeah, let's go ahead and jump right into My Hero Academia Vigilantes to start off the show. Alright, and here we go. Now in uh, My Hero Academia Vigilante number 22, of course, we left off with you know, that big event going on in the at that mall. They were doing it on the roof. There was going to be a big performance between all these groups or whatever. Uh, th now, here, 
we are finally uh, getting it ready. That that creep, slimy dude that was getting all over Pop Step uh, a couple of chapters ago. I don't believe it was last chapter, but a couple of chapters ago. Uh, it looks like uh, 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 Eraserhead is actually like needing to like pursue him. He's chasing after him. Uh, it says my eraser isn't having any effect on his body, uh, so it's not a temporary transformation. This is just how he is. So this isn't act like his his quirk isn't like act. It, his quirk can't be activated. This just what his slimy the slimy dude is just who he is. So we thought it was like something with the the B girl. Of course, we thought it was some sort of injection. No, this is just him being really creepily weird uh but he his quirk actually is electric eel so uh he was able to shock uh aizawa and actually black out the uh entire like i would say block or so of course the girl with the eye patch uh we do know that knuckle duster was of course uh, having her followed, uh, trying to investigate her, and he believes her to be uh, his daughter. And he even says, you know, uh, he actually confronts her because she's overlooking everything. He says, uh, what does he say? He says here, I understand uh, that better than anyone, so let's make this short, huh? Uh, you're coming home tomorrow or tomeo? Tahamo, see, I always forget to write down the pronunciation of these names. T A M A O, Tamaho, Tamao. Either way, and he says, "Mom's waiting." Now here, I think it's really, really cool because uh, the big thing, other than this fight, of course, is. Well, I think chapter 23, for the most part, yeah, in the very beginning, is uh, the fight between Knuckle Duster and his daughter. Uh, and, you know, he has this, like, thing that is somewhat... It, it, it looks like... Of course, he has the, uh, the, the, the... What are the... Brass Knuckles. I haven't used that word in a while. I was just like, what is that thing? Brass Knuckles. And he's also holding something in his right hand. And it looks like it might be like some sort of taser. He's trying to get close enough to hit her. It's not working. But you go back to the performance and everybody's like, hey, Pop Step, you're the only person who really knows how to perform off of a whim because that's usually how you do it. Could you please settle down the crowd and help them understand what's going on? So she goes out there. Uh, and, you know, that's the very end of chapter 23. But in chapter 24, uh, we continue the fight between Knuckle Duster and his daughter. And Pop Step just kills it. She is super cool whenever it comes to the improvisation. And it's not like she uh, is necessarily like, what would you say? Uh, uh, I don't even know where I was going with it. But she she does a really good job in keeping people, you know, their spirits high and everything else because, you know, the entire block is out of power. Now, we do go back to the fight between uh, Tameo 
and Knuckle Duster, and it looks like she has some sort of taser of her own in her uh, nails and is able to hit Knuckle Duster. And that's the end of the chapter. And you're like, what in the world is going on? And it seems he is down for the count. It seems like he is dead. That's what it looks like. Uh, At this point, the power comes back on. The performance goes on, including Popstep in her position of that. And it sounds like everything, you know, because the girl with the eye patch, you know, she was supposed to kind of like just mess that whole thing up. Well, she sees and hears everything. It's going off with a bang. Really, really cool. And all of a sudden, Knuckle Duster's there. And he's like, I'm taking you home. I'm not going to, I'm not giving up on this. And he continues to uh, fight her. And he has a little bit of a flashback of her walking away from home. And he, like, gives her a really good wallop. And uh, in chapter 26, which is the end of this uh, volume, we get a flashback of Knuckle Duster actually uh, calling this random, I'm guessing, arms dealer in... uh, And he's the one who gave him this special, like, like I said, taser. Because it's not just a taser, it's also a defibrillator. And so he is using it to bring her back to life because he shocked her. He shocked her to stop her heart. And the, the reason why is because that thing in her, like her eye patch, there's actually a living thing in there that is taking control of Tomeo. So, uh, so he actually gets like some sort of like small syringe type grabber thingies and he pulls it out. It looks absolutely disgusting and he shocks her, does CPR. Uh, we go back to the mall, uh, that electric eel dude is getting arrested. Uh, Eraserhead is talking to uh, a detective and then he's like, you know what, just keep the keep the kid here for a little bit because the kid doesn't like this electric eel dude he's not like an actual threat to society he just wants to see the performance or at least hear it so Eraserhead does a good thing he's like hey just let him just let him be here and let him hear the rest of the set and so it goes off with a bang the uh, eraser talks to the detective and we see in the mid, like right in the middle of the uh, police officers and detective, some random dude is walking and he looks, I mean, he straight up just looks like, okay, he is not supposed to be there. He opens up a, uh, this container and a bee comes out of it. Well, actually, no, he... He sees the bee flying away, and he grabs it and then walks away. So that's one thing that I'm confused about. I have no clue who that person is, but you he is like a sore thumb. He it just stands out. So I'm interested to see how the relationship between uh, Tomeo and Knuckle Duster actually... Is it going to mend? Is she even alive because it didn't show it? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I'm still interested in this. 
you know, I would like to see if this ever does cross over with My Hero. Um, if we ever see Deku, if we ever see Bakugo. I know that we saw, uh, oh my god, Ingenuum. Uh, I think I said that name right. But, uh, but I would like to see some of the teen heroes that are actually at school, you know? But uh, let's go ahead and jump into Rurouni Kenshin. Alright, so it is official. I am not allowed to be around any electronic device other than my computer when I'm recording a podcast. And I'm not supposed to have anything open other than what I'm talking about. Because just between those two sections you just heard, or between the section you just heard with My Hero Academia Vigilante and now, it has been almost an hour. And I was browsing TikTok. What is wrong with me? I hate my life. Anyway, so we're going to be talking about Roroni Kenshin chapters 44 through 49. Now, I really love chapter 44 uh, just for the fact that... Uh, what is his name? His name is... Who is that? Yutaro? Uh, 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 yeah, I always had a problem with his name. Yotaro, of course, is the little boy who was training with uh, Yahiko, uh, with Kairi. Uh, and, of course, his arm got cut by that stupid bandit who was basically pretending to be his sensei. And, uh, you know, he's injured. And the doctor said that he is never going to be able to hold a sword again. And when they see them, uh, you know, they're sending them off. Uh, you know, they're they're getting on the train or whatever, and Yahiko yells his name. He says, uh, Utaru, and he swings his wooden sword, and Utaru, like, just blocks it with his cane from, with his, with his left hand. And he says, uh, uh, what are you gonna do? You're gonna sulk your entire life? Uh, you know, if, if this was so painful for you, then you make yourself better. Uh, he says, uh, it says, I don't mean the real uh, uh, Raijuta either, but the one who you idolized, the one that you thought he was. And if you say you can't do that, then you really are a loser. And Yutaro just like, what, bitch? I'm no loser. And he's like, starts, they, they actually start to brawl. And like, of course, uh, Utaru's father kind of like, is like shocked and of at first the rest of the gang is kind of like what's going on but then they realize like this is awesome like one kid who truly thought his career as a swordsman was officially over right when he was getting started and the two of them themselves uh you know they hated each other and now they're motivating each other to be better um which is just awesome uh just for the fact that like that's what Kyrie and Kenshin want out of the new swordsmen of this era is to, you know, build each other up. And it's just really awesome to see. I absolutely love it. And he is like, you know, we get some internal uh, dialogue of him. Uh, he's super ready to, to clobber uh, Yahiko when he's ready and when he's going to come back. And it ends on a really cool note. Uh, that uh, you see Kyrie's dojo, and in the inside you see the teacher, and you see the students. Uh, and one of the students 
is uh, Utaru, and it says reserved, uh, saying that he will come back. So I really do love that. Uh, really, really awesome. Uh, now, 45 through 46, really? Or maybe even 47. This is a uh, Osono uh, story talking about his past. Uh, he goes to uh, pick up these uh, th- these art pieces that they sell at the restaurant that they always go to. Uh, the restaurant sells them just to make extra cash or whatever. And so he's picking up these art sets and he recognizes his, uh, his captain, Captain Sagara. But if you look closely at Sagara, uh, you see that there's two boys uh, hiding behind him. And the person who is selling the art to him is like, oh, yeah, you know, you know, oh, there's this legend of this guy. And, you know, everybody loves this artist, you know, who who continues to draw all these people. He actually lives not so far away from here because Sona wants to know where uh, the artist is. And so he's banging on it, and uh, he knows exactly who it is. His name is uh, Katsuhiro. And Katsuhiro was an old friend, and he was the child, he was the other child that was standing behind uh, Sagara in that painting. And this whole story, uh, you know, these next few chapters, is basically showing that. Uh, that he is kind of unstable and he's trying to still go through uh Sagara's plans like what what his plans were with the military and everything else and he's pretty much a psycho to be honest um and it's proven with uh him wanting uh uh so he's wanting Sono to join him in blowing up a, uh, I believe it is the, where are they, where are they, does it say where they are, I can't remember where they were, I believe it is some sort of, like, uh, police, like, building, a uh, government building, and when they go to attack, uh, Kinchin is there, and Sano's like, oh, well, you know, we should have known, you know, that. and this other guy's like, no, no way, not going to let him do it. And he starts throwing all these bombs at Kinchin. Kinchin is able to cut off the fuse right before it actually explodes, which is really, really cool. And Sono helps Kinchin knock this guy out. And when he finally wakes up, all the bombs are gone. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, yeah, Kinchin took them. And he's burying them. And we won't know where they are. And he's like, are you stupid? Why would you do that? He's like, no. Like, he he truly is helping. And he says here, uh, he said, uh, he doesn't like today's government any more than we do, in fact. He probably hates it more because he helped build it. Uh, he says, uh, and the other guy says, don't toy with me. How can uh, Hirokiri know? He says, he knows. This is Sona. He moved in the shadows of the Meiji Revolution as uh, Hideokiri. He did a lot of dirty deeds, starting with murder. Because of that, he couldn't watch us do the same. 
not without intervening. He says, Katsu, the captain told us the uh, Sekihotai army committed bad acts too, but he couldn't have wanted to do those things. The army lived by the ideals of classless equality. We can't disgrace that now. So uh, it makes no difference how dirty the deeds. This is uh, Katsu uh, saying this. We must use any means possible to reach our goal. And Sona's like, then we'll truly become the false revolutionary army. The one that everybody said that we were. And, you know, that kind of breaks them. And the next uh, day, that artist uh, seller says, hey, the artist wanted me to give this to you. He said it's going to be the last painting he's ever going to do. And then, like, everybody overhears and, like, everybody starts to freak out. Uh, but in 48 and 49, uh, the art changes on 48. I don't believe it's different on 49. It goes back to the same person. But in 48, it does have a little bit of a darker tone. I actually like it here. Uh, there is one panel that I actually uh, posted on the Instagram, uh, the Fanboy Comics Podcast Instagram, uh, where it shows... Kenshin kind of being lost in memory of the war and like these leaves and cherry blossoms are just like falling really beautiful art really really love it but it, he's kind of dazed and confused off of his own memory and this it goes back to this uh it goes back to the the house you know the dojo in the house of Kairi. uh sono is there and he's waiting for everybody and this random guy uh his name is uh, Fujita Goru. Uh, he's waiting for Kenshin. And Sono's like, hey, wait a minute. Uh, something seems off about you. What's all this about? The dude pulls out his sword randomly. And they start to fight. And he gets Sono pretty badly. Like right in the shoulder. Uh, and on chapter 49, the last chapter, uh, we actually see... Uh, the end of that fight uh that dude completely tore sono apart uh and knocked him out and uh we actually see uh that the rest of the gang finds uh sono just lying there bleeding and we see that this guy was actually hired by an old government official you know, the old, you know, this all has to do with uh, war crimes and everything else back in the day. And this dude, uh, Goro, just, he is a sociopath, like pure sociopath. He just wants to do it for the fact that it is Kenshin, that he's going to be able to fight again. And Kenshin is kind of investigating the area of the fight, and he very much recognizes the part of the blade that was stuck in Sono, like the force and everything. And you realize that Goru is actually, his like day job is one of the swordsman police. So, like we have that to look forward to. Uh, that is the, oh, what was that? Oh, well, something fell. Sorry about that. But uh, that is the last of Kenshin. We're going to go on to Kaiju number eight. This one was actually really, really fun. Uh, let's go ahead and jump right into that, 
And I believe that is the last one for the night. But let's go ahead and jump right into Kaiju number eight. All right, guys. So we're going to have to make this quick because my mom has just informed me that her dog got loose. Not my dog because it is my little brothers and my little sisters. Uh, it's a dog that is in our house. Uh, it got out of the backyard and don't know where it is. So I'm going to have to go look for it. And I have to record another podcast in literally 15 minutes. So, my life is dandy right now. Anyway, Kaiju number 8. This was surprisingly good, surprisingly hilarious, and I want more. Uh, There are six chapters on the Shonen Jump app, which means the first three, of course, are going to be available to read. Uh, And I believe the latest three, so I think... Everything as of right now is completely free to read. Let me actually look at it. Yep, all six chapters as of right now are free. Um, as far as when this is actually coming uh, out, I think that maybe all of them except for chapter four will be free at this point. But this whole concept is that uh, Japan is basically the land of the kaijus. Uh, Kaijus just keep coming on to Japan. Uh, they have created this defense force thing, or like, I guess, group that takes them out. And then there is the cleaning crew. That is where we learn of Kafka Habino. He is 32 years old, and he is part of the cleaning crew. And we see that the worst part to be in, as far as the cleaning crew, is to be the one that breaks down the intestines. Uh, Apparently it is the worst job to do when you are uh, in the cleaning crew. And it's really funny because it shows him like actually cleaning the intestines and everything, literally everything, is censored out. It's hilarious. Uh, But uh, we learn that uh, this person that is on the... A defense force that they keep showing on the news uh he knows her as some in like it's some capacity uh it looks like that they were uh when they were kids they knew each other uh but the next day he learns of reno uh Icha- ichikawa i think ichikawa is what the is what his name or, or reno uh but He's a new guy, and he wants to join the defense force. And one of the other guys from the cleaning crew is like, Hey, look, this guy wanted to be on the cleaning crew too, and then he just gave up. And then Reno's like, Okay, well, why'd you give up? And there's not really a good reason why he did. And so Reno's just like, Yeah, whatever. I'm going to do whatever I need to to move on up. And the new guy gets intestines to clean up that day. And then, <laughs> so does Kafka to, to like train him. So uh, Kafka was making fun of him, but then he like basically karma, instant karma. But uh, you know they uh, they have kind of a heart to heart. Well, not really a heart heart to heart, but like after lunch they start to like really work together and I'm like okay, well, thanks for your help, blah blah. Uh, and in the midst of all this, he's like. Hey, just so you know, the cutoff is actually uh, 33, so you you still have a chance if you ever want to join. And in the middle of this fight, 
or in the in the middle of this conversation, a giant kaiju just comes out of nowhere. And so uh Kafka like just goes into full like defense mode and is actually like he saves Reno from this kaiju biting him, basically killing him. And for like Kafka kicks the kaiju in the face and this kaiju is huge. And of course the kaiju was like really low to the ground. That's the only reason like he was able to kick him or whatever. Uh, but they're actually trying to like keep this thing at bay, which is insane because they're not equipped whatsoever. And then it goes to the flashback of, of Kafka with this girl and about how there was a kaiju who destroyed the city and destroyed some things that they knew uh, and apparently a cat of some sort. Don't know if it was a neighbors or anything. But that's where they make the promise to each other. That they're going to join the defense force. And when this happens. I think the uh, this kaiju actually like really messes up Kafka's leg. And so he can't walk. He can't do anything. Uh, Reno comes in with a giant just like pole of some sort wax the kaiju they're all like about to die basically because this kaiju is about to eat them and then all of a sudden boom 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 the defense force comes out of nowhere rips him to shreds with these guns and saves them and you know they're kind of uh saying thanks to each other like in the hospital room but there's like a curtain in between them so they, they can't see each other but uh, they're saying thanks to each other, but they're kind of embarrassed because they're both stupid and trying to fight a giant kaiju. Uh, but this bug, like this dragonfly bug alien thing just r- flies into the room right to Kafka and goes straight into Kafka's mouth, literally transforming him to a humanoid kaiju. Reno sees this. They freak out. Kafka freaks out like that's the end of chapter one and so you kind of get this okay so now Kafka's gonna be this hero right well uh we see that you know we're picking up right where we left off uh they're in the hospital uh Kafka's freaking out he has super strength uh he's able to like transform to like this god-awful looking thing and he's unable to really control any of it. Uh, he's like, okay, but I have to use the restroom. And he's like, are you freaking serious? Like, what's wrong with you? We're trying to run for our lives. He's like, I can't hold it anymore. And he pees out of his nipples. And he's like, oh my god, what's wrong with me? And, dude, this is so funny. Genuinely, this book was hilarious. I could not stop laughing at any of this. And, you know... Basically, uh, in his first few hours of being in this kaiju form, a kaiju actually shows up uh, and is about to eat this little girl. And Kafka, in his demon kaiju form, uh, fights this kaiju. And he is able to kill it, which is awesome. Absolutely awesome. Uh and, you know, there's a color, uh, there's a color page that's right in the middle of this. 
And what it is, is when he punched the kaiju, he punched it up in the air and it just exploded. So all the blood is raining down and it looks so beautiful. So, so beautiful. I know it's raining blood. Raining blood. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so good. So, 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 so good. I love this art. But uh, he is trying to like be like friendly towards these victims and of course reno is there to help the victims uh and the child is just like terrified because it's a kaiju you know but uh eventually the little girl says mr kaiju thank you and you know they run off now it does show after this uh a little bit of a flashback of like uh, kafka and this woman uh still kids and they're like a little bit more determined to be a part of the defense uh, team or whatever. And then it shows what could be a like a flash forward or like maybe that's what they were dreaming to be or whatnot. But it looks like both this girl and Kafka are part of the defense force. So it looks pretty cool. But I think it's just a daydream. Uh, uh, but... Uh, the promise that Kafka made to this girl was that he would be by her side when they fight kaijus. And up until this point, it's been, you know, he hasn't been able to fulfill that, fulfill that promise. So in chapter, uh, three, and it's like three through six, really, uh, Reno and Kafka are like, Hey, we finally got invites to, you know, be a part of the defense force, but of course there are courses that we need to do, tests, whatnot, and we learn that Kafka has now been able to transform back and forth. He still needs to, like, think really hard to control it or whatever, but he has finally been able to transform into a human being, do his day job, whatnot, whatever. But uh, they learn about this new girl, uh, you know, when they are parking into the parking lot of the facility where they're going to be taking these field tests or whatever, uh, her name is, what is her name? What is her name? Uh, I don't think it actually tells me her name here. It tells me later. But she has, like, this super suit. Basically the same kind of suit that the Defense Force is. Oh, yeah, right here. Her name is uh, Kikoru uh, Shinomiya. Uh, but she's a little bit of a brat. Uh, she definitely is some sort of girl that has uh, some privilege. and But she's still a badass, like, nonetheless. But they uh, do some field tests and everything. And Kafka is literally last on almost... Well, almost last. Not last, but he's almost last because he doesn't want to use uh, the kaiju powers to get him by. Uh, because he doesn't know if they are, of course, like, scanning for anything like that. But he also doesn't want to undermine the hard work that everybody else has put in to be a part of this defense force. Which I think is really noble and really, really cool. Uh, but their final test is they actually have to fight some kaijus. Uh some kaijus that this defense force had actually captured and uh they all put on the suit that uh what's her name i i literally just forgot her name jesus christ uh 
the name of the girl being uh, Kikoru. Uh, so uh, she is uh, that same suit that she's wearing, everybody else gets to wear now. And, you know, it says that, like, oh, based upon your strength and the, like, the way the suit conforms to your body, you're able to use a so much percent of, like, of the suit's power. And so, Reno is able to use 8%. Uh, uh, Kukuru is able to use 46%. And then, so, Reno's like, okay, you just have to do this much. If you if you can do this much, bare minimum, you'll be good. And, of course, he doesn't want to use the kaiju powers. So, Reno uses 0%. And he's like, oh, God. Uh, but they, they go into the actual fight. And, uh, of course, uh, Kikoru is just awesome. And everybody else is really, really doing well. But uh, Kafka and Reno, they know these kaijus mainly because they have to do cleanup of all these kaijus, you know, after the fact when they jump on to Japan. So they know the ins and outs of these kaijus literally. So they have a little bit more inside information. They're able to help people with that information. But at the last minute in the end of chapter 5, Kafka gets attacked by a kaiju. And he wasn't using any of his abilities of the kaiju, uh, so he gets really badly injured. Uh, but he doesn't want to go down. And there's this uh, safety measure that the defense force has is if, uh, if the suit takes on too much damage... Uh, a shield will come up and protect the person inside the suit. But if that happens, the candidate, whoever is wearing the suit, is immediately kicked out and won't be a part of the defense force. He's like, and so Kafka's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm still going to go on. We're going to do this. And so he jumps on Reno's shoulders uh, with a grenade and a gun. He's like, just go. And it just looks really, really silly, really funny. Uh, but, uh, Kikiru is able to really take down all of them. And so they're like, crap, I didn't do anything, you know. Uh, but at the literal last second, uh, a kaiju comes out of nowhere. Uh, and Kikiru is like, oh, that's, what is that thing? And it somehow shoots Kikiru right in the chest. And that's how we end chapter six. Uh, the next chapter is literally coming out tomorrow so the day you actually listen to this uh, chapter 7 will be available uh, I would say if you don't already have the show and jump app shame on you it's literally only 99 cents uh, I believe or a dollar 99 sorry uh, either or uh, for every single month it is well worth it genuinely really well worth it so much content so much good stories this is the best stories I'm reading, like, when it comes to comics. Like, it just is. So, please, go give it a try. Go read this story. I think it's really, really awesome. But with that, that will be the end of the show. I do have to get ready for my other show, because it is literally 8 o'clock now. But uh, thank you so much for listening. You know where to find me, and I will see you guys on Saturday. Yikuzure!